0: who could pretend to be an usher to shut those back doors back there. That would be great. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and we're going to pray. Amen? Praying is good, right? So we're going to pray the Ephesians 1 prayer. And um, then we shall dive into it. Amen? Y'all just uh, follow after me. Okay? So say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the Father of glory. And I'm asking you this morning to give me right now the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. Flood my heart with light, that I may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in saints like me? And what is exceeding greatness of your power towards me when I believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ Jesus when you raised him from the dead, and you seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality Power, might, and dominion, and every name that's named. Hallelujah. So that is what we're asking the Lord to do for us this morning. Truth is, is that if you don't know, knowledge in this case is power. I know you've seen that statement knowledge is power. Well, knowledge of the Word of God is power. Amen. So right now, we're just also going to say, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you that you took care of everything that you needed to take care of for us. Sin, sickness, depression, every, every bondage that the devil produces in, our, in, in lives and tries to produce in our lives by deception, you took care of it on the cross. And we thank you for the blood in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this morning um, I found out, I, I think I'm right, uh, please forgive me if I'm not, but I found out that um, someone did record last Sunday morning. It's just on audio, so we have to find the audio and go ahead and upload it to our, our website, and then you can download it and just listen to it. Amen? So, um, this morning, I want to talk exclusively on our authority. Obviously, in 50 minutes or 55 minutes, I'm not going to be able to cover everything that there is to know. But I'm going to talk fast and furiously, and you guys take notes. So I, I found out why um, it's a little—when uh, I don't have media— It takes a little longer for us all to turn in our Bibles. You know, when I want you to look at something, but the media, when they're back there, they can just, you know, flip it on the screen. Y'all can see it, you know, and they've already got the scriptures. So that kind of slows me down a little bit. Um, I'll have to figure out whether I want to do media next time around. But I promised, I gave my word that media has off (laughs) for my services. Okay, so I'm going to keep my word and we're going to use our Bibles. What a concept, right? All right, so let's go to Psalm. I want you to read this, Psalm 8, 5 through 8. Psalm, we're going to backtrack, Psalm 8, 5 through 8. If you weren't here for last week's um, teaching on the origin of sickness and God's character, you would want to get that because we're now just building, right? We're just building, using building blocks. So go to Psalm 8, verse 5. For you have made him... That's uh, that's us, man. Verse 4 says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you would visit him? For you have made him, man, a little lower than the angels, says it in my Bible, but then there's a little one by that, and over on the side it says God. It is really translated God. For you have made him a little lower than Elohim, which is God, and you have crowned him With glory and honor. That's quite the concept right there. That God made you just a little bit lower than him. Think about all that God is. And now think about he just made you a little bit lower than him. Come on, that'll boost your value and your, you know, uh, complex, right? A secure complex. For you have made him just a little lower than yourself, than God. You've crowned him with glory and honor. Now look at this. You... God, you have made him, you have made him, you have made him and her to have dominion over the works of your hands. Well, what is the works of his hands? It's a lot of things. It encompasses a lot of things. What this verse is referring to, we went over last week, Genesis 1 26 through 28. Psalms, David is just repeating Genesis 1, 26 through 28. It says, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So, uh, your body, your mind. What is that? That is the works of his hands. He created you, right? And so... You have been made to have dominion over these things. That includes your body, what it does, what it doesn't do, your mind, what it does, what it doesn't do. And it says, over all the works of his hands, you have put all things under his feet. Then it goes to talk about animals, sheep, oxen, beasts of the field, birds of the air, fish of the sea, and everything that passes through the paths of the seas. You have dominion over those things. I said last week, I probably wouldn't go and try to jump in a pile of alligators just to prove that I have dominion over them. But if you do find yourself in a situation where you're in the sea, where you're in the ocean, where you're in a lake, and here comes one, moccasin, whatever, you take authority over it. It has ears. The Bible says you have dominion over everything that passes through the waters, Okay, so that's just like a side note. I believe that. That's why I'm not afraid to go skiing in lakes. I mean, I choose my lakes. Okay, some are, have more than others. Some I would have to exercise my dominion a little more than others. But I'm just saying it doesn't stop me from enjoying the water God's made. Amen. I, I don't live in this fear of all these things because I know that he has given me dominion so this is very important this is this was told in the Old Testament this was told Adam from the beginning and so this is this is not even new covenant this is old covenant so this was the origin he's put all things under your hands he's put all things all the works of his hands he's made you to have Control over—that's what dominion is, right? And so, then, if you'll go to First um, John three eight, let's read First John three eight. I do want you to see this in your Bible. I probably will get there faster than you, just because my Bible turns very easily. But First John, I'm going to start with verse seven, give you time to get to eight. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. What did I say last week? I read you Romans 5.12. It says that death came by sin. That's the only reason we know death. That's the only reason we know deterioration. Is because it it came by sin. So when sin entered the earth... Death just came with it hand in hand. They're married to one another. All right, so 1 Peter 3, 8, I mean uh, 1 John 3, 8 says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was what? Manifested that he might do what? That he might destroy the works of the devil. If you're not convinced that sickness is a work of the devil, you will never resist it. You will never bring it under your control. This is what we talked about last week, what the origin of sin, where did it come from? Why is it here in the first place? We talked about the character of Jesus. We talked about Jesus saying that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So God's not the angry guy, and Jesus is the nice guy, okay? He said, I don't do anything unless I see or hear the Father say it. So Jesus and God are one, and the Holy Spirit, they're all in agreement, okay? And so this purpose, for this purpose... You know, this, these are things that I underline in my Bible. I have different colors that, that relate to different things so that when I flip in those books, I just read all my colors because I know if I need to kind of work on authority and my dominion over Satan, I'm like, that's orange or whatever. And I just go through, and I just go through my Bible, and I read my orange because it's faster that way, right? So for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Why? One purpose. One purpose to destroy the works of the devil, Acts 10.38. If you haven't written it down, you need to write it down now, Acts 10.38. I'm going to quote a lot of verses just write. I'm going to give you the references. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, not bad, who went about doing good, what follows good. Here's the definition of good. He went about doing good, healing all, healing all, not making everybody sick, healing all, healing all, not just sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe. That's what I heard in the Presbyterian church. Sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says maybe. You don't put a blanket statement like that on everything. With the will of God is concern for your personal life, for personal direction. Where do I live? Where do I go? What job do I have? Yes, sometimes he'll say, yes, do this. Sometimes he'll say, no, don't do this. Sometimes he'll say, wait. But you can't put that in on the area of what he's already provided for you in the covenant. It's not a blanket statement. So you have to separate that and go how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of who? The devil. The devil. Of the devil. It's that easy, right. for God was with him. Sickness is oppression. He said he healed them all. So sickness is oppression. If you don't know the name of it, if you don't know what's wrong with you, the way you start off is go you foul devil, you get off me in Jesus name. You pain, you get off me in Jesus name. I don't know what you are, I don't know where you came from, but I curse you at the very root. I speak to you. I take dominion over you in Jesus name. You get off my mind. You get off my brain. You get off my arm. I know I'm making this really simple. No, you do, you don't need to go to Google right away, okay? You may not need to go to Google at all because there's lots of symptoms that fall for everything, right? You could get really m- messed up going to Google. You can find some things that are, that are normal. Like, like one time I found, uh, I realized that I had damaged my hip flexor joint, and I didn't even know I had one of those, you know, and still I started climbing a 14,000-foot Colorado mountain, and my leg gave out on me. And you're just like, what in the world? My whole right leg gave out on me, and I had to have someone help me up the rest of the way and help me down. It's like, man, that was awful. But I learned that you have a hip flexor joint, what it is, and when something happens, someone just said, you, you probably had a tear in it from a former, uh, I've, I've skied, I've done a lot of things <laughs> that probably have hurt me here, you know, fall in different ways. So I learned, you know, how to get the swelling down, heat or cold, right, ice. Those are okay, but when you start having symptoms in your body, don't be, don't be going and asking Google what they are, okay? And I'm not saying you shouldn't go to the hospital. I'm not saying that. Doctors do the best they can. They can help some, but they have a limit on what they can do. They have a limit. With man, it, it's impossible at times, but with God, all things are possible, right? So I'm giving you the easy answer right now. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Why? To destroy all the works of the devil. You've been given dominion over the works of his hands. Amen? All right, so let's go to 1 Peter 5, 5 through 10, and then we're going to go to James 4, okay? 1 Peter 5 and James 4. So, So get your fingers ready to run in those two books. They're near the end of the Bible, okay? 1 Peter 5, 5 through 10. Listen to what I'm reading. I won't comment too much on it. Likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble person. Don't be proud all the time. Don't always be the one that has to do all of the talking. You have to tell everybody everything you know. If you're not careful, you're going to run out of things to say because your brain is not that full. The truth is, is be submissive. When people, you know, talk to you, it doesn't say just wives submit to their husband. It says we're all to submit to one another in different ways. You know, so he says, God resists the proud. Don't proud. Don't be proud. Proud doesn't mean that I'm strutting around because, I don't know, I think I'm all that. That's not, that's how people think pride is, is someone who's bragging or they're touting themselves or, or they have a haughty look. That's a part of it. But pride can just be the fact that you're not listening To someone else's opinion. You're not listening to someone else's correcting. Even though you don't like the way they're correcting you, just be willing to sit and listen. Maybe you, maybe there is something in there you can receive, right? And so just because someone looks at you, your spouse, whatever, your friend, they don't, you don't like what the way they're saying something to you, there might be some truth in what they're saying. So try to take that out of it and don't worry about the attitude, it's 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 not easy sometimes, right? But God says he resists proud people. He resists proud people, he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you. If you submit yourself unto God and his word, he will exalt you in due time. He said, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you, be sober. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, you do have an adversary. Okay, there is someone out there looking to take you out. Not have to be scared, you just need to know the knowledge of it. Because your adversary, the devil, he what does he do? He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He cannot devour everybody. Do you understand? It says he walks around like... A roaring lion. He don't have any teeth. He doesn't have any teeth. They're gone. He doesn't have the power to do anything to you except what you allow. The Bible says whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. There's just things you have to do, okay? And this is the knowledge that we're giving you this morning. So it says, um, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That needs to be good news to you. That means he can't devour everybody. Resist him. Resist him. Re, You open your mouth and resist him steadfastly in the faith. What does that mean to actively stand against him? We'll learn in a minute what that means. Well, how do I resist him? Do I just yell at him all day long? No, that's not how you resist him. You might yell at him. Here and there, you might say, you get behind me, Satan, you get off me. But that's not what you do all day long. You resist him with the word of God. You resist him with what Jesus said about you. You resist him in prayer, praying in tongues, praying the will of God. You resist him like you resist sin. As long as you can tolerate sin and sickness in your life, you will as long let me say it again as long as you can tolerate sin and or sickness in your life you will that means you'll always have it you need to resist sickness like you resist sin yeah. Yeah. many of you have gotten good at resisting sin but but you need to learn that sin and sickness are married they are synonymous sickness came because of sin you have learned how to resist the temptations of sin but you have not yet learned how to resist the temptations of sickness. Brother Hagen said, I haven't had a headache in 53 years or whatever he said. I'm like, man, that's really good. What we're all thinking is he's never had a pain hit his head in 53 years. That's what we're thinking, that you're thinking pain manifested. No pain has hit his head in 53 years or whatever the years was that he said. Then he stopped and he said, but I've had marvelous opportunity. To receive one, what does that mean? That means he did have some pains hit his head in 53 years, but he took authority over it. They didn't stay for long. And so that's what he's saying. He doesn't say that a trial is not going to come to you, it doesn't say that you should never have a feeling of pain. He just said, I haven't. In other words, he didn't receive the package. He sent the package back where it belongs, straight to hell. Amen? And so he had victory over it. That's that's what I'm saying right there, and that's what he's saying. So it says resist steadfast in the faith. What does resist mean? To withstand against, to actively stand against. You're going to have to do something. If you you didn't hear Wednesday night sermon, you need to download it. You need to somehow get it, um, having a righteous conscience. That is one way to withstand the attacks of the devil. And we'll go to Ephesians 6 in a minute. So, if you'll go to James 4, everybody, I, I warned you, so you should have already been turning. <laughs> James 4, verse 6. But he gives more grace. He gives more grace. Who does he give more grace to? Favor, the humble. He gives more grace to the humble. Amen? And so it says, God, again, here we go. God resists what? The proud but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Now, let's talk about that just for a second. All that means is if God said it, you do it. It's that simple. If God said it, well, how do I know what God says? You open your Bible and you read. This is what pleases God and this is what doesn't please God. I mean, you can start really in Acts and go to Revelation. You don't even have to read the four Gospels to know what pleases God and what doesn't. And so he says, submit to God. What does that mean? Submit to his words. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. So if you don't have his word abiding in you, you really can't ask whatever you want. You really don't know what he's saying or what he's not saying. Amen. So all that means is submit to God. Submit to the sayings of God. Submit to his word and then submit to the Holy Spirit when he, when he speaks to you individually about your life. Amen. All right. So it says submit to God. Verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. What I'm about to read you now doesn't work unless you're submitted to God. Amen. Resist the devil. And he will what? flee well i've said get out of he- get out of here satan before and nothing happened Well, say it again say it again he's like a persistent dog that won't shut up sometimes he's like a persistent dog that won't stop barking sometimes but when you put your foot down and you go no in jesus name and you get serious about what you're doing and you submit to the word of god listen like pastor says million times, you can't invite a wild boar or a pig into your house and say, okay, I only want you to stay in the kitchen and put the gate up, the child gate. That pig will be through every room in your house. That's what he does. He roots, he roots, he roots everything out, right? He destroys everything. So you don't let Satan in any part of your life and go, I'm going to reserve this little part of my life or this little part of my thinking to the devil. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. And then resist him on the other end. You don't resist the devil and allow him in on one side. You have to 100%, he said, draw near to God, cleanse your hands, you sinners. You have to 100% say, if Jesus said it's wrong, it's wrong. End of story. If God says it's wrong, I'm not doing it. I'll never do this again. He'll provide for me, He'll take care of me. That's what submitting to God means. You have to submit to him 100%. I didn't say you have to be 100% perfect, but if you're at least aiming for the mark, at least put that target on the wall, put that dot in the middle. If you're at least got that arrow aiming for the mark, God knows it. He knows your heart that you're aiming for the mark. Maybe you haven't read everything you need to read yet. You need to read or you're not going to know. But what I'm saying is that he does know your heart. And once you hear the truth from the pulpit or from teaching or from reading, then that's when the Holy Spirit says, okay, now you know, and now you're responsible for what you've heard. And then and only then, when you're submitted to God and your attitude is not a prideful one, and it's not like, I don't really like that. I don't really want to do that. Well, if you don't want to do it, you're not going to have the authority strong in the rest of your life when you say I resist you. He's going to laugh at you and say ha ha ha, but you didn't resist me over here. I'm not forgiven Aunt Mary. What she did was wrong. Yes, what she did was wrong. What some man did in abusing a young child was wrong. Yes, you, you have I got a right. No, you got a you don't have that right. Jesus forgave you, but I've never sinned like that. I've never abused a child. I've never murdered. That sinner is way worse than what I've done. You can't go there in your mind. I would never do that. He said, forgive. He didn't say it's okay what they did. He said, you release them of the debt. He said, vengeance is mine, I'll repay. You let God take care of situations and don't pray, get them, God. Kill them and take them to the deepest parts of hell. That is not forgiving yet, okay? You just release the debt. You release them of what they did to you. Yes, most of the time it was wrong what was done to you. You were wronged. But Jesus said, release the debt and I'll forgive you and you'll be healed. So if you're not, I'm just talking about a little area of submission. If you're not willing to submit in that area of forgiveness and walking in in love, devil's going to have heyday in your body and in your mind and in your life. And that's just the way that it is. And so that's why I wanted to read James 4, 7. Submit to God first. Then you have the authority, you have the confidence inside of you going, I'm submitted to God. Devil, I'm walking in love now. Devil, I'm walking in love. I'm submitted to God. Now, I resist you. You have such confidence that rises in your heart. And you're not saying that you're perfect. You're just saying, this area of my life that I know that I needed to deal with, I'm not doing that anymore. And I resist you. You get off me. And he will leave because he knows he doesn't have the right. Amen? All right, so these verses I'm just going to quote to you. Uh, Write them down, unless you did already last week. Colossians 1, 12. Remember, we're talking about authority. Colossians 1, 12, and 13. Giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified every one of us. If you've been qualified to run in a race, you're qualified. You're going to the line. Do you understand qualifications? You've been qualified to enter the contest. Giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified you to be a partaker Of the inheritance of the saints in light. Amen. Who has delivered us. H-A-S is past tense. Not who will deliver us. H-A-S, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. And translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Hallelujah. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness, which is really the remission, the removal of sin. And so why do I know that by heart? Because I've looked at it and looked at it and looked at it one million times. Not because I just decided I'm going to memorize a verse. I have read that verse a million times until it got in my heart and said, no, he has delivered me. He's not going to deliver me. He has. He did it on the cross. He took my sin. He took my shame. He took my pain. The punishment For my peace, the punishment that was dealt to me that I was supposed to bear, the punishment so I could be at peace in my mind and at peace in my body, peace in my spirit, was put on him. And by his stripes, I was healed. Why do I know it? Because I've read it a million times. What scriptures do you know? What scriptures can you fire off at me? I'm not going to put anyone on the spot today but I might someday. (laughs) But what scriptures are in you, they're in you. They're in you because you've read them over and over and over. Listen, every time you read the word of God, it brings life to you. It infuses life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life. So every time you read, you open your Bible, the life of God, it hits you. Like, manifest it, it hits you, it comes through your spirit, and then it starts manifesting in your mind and in your body. That's just the way it is because his words bring life. That's why Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Man shall not live by natural bread alone, even though that's a good thing if you make it on your own, it helps your body in many, many, many ways. But he said, Still, then, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You cannot live just by good food. Good food is not just alone going to fix your sickness or your problem. Some of you need to eat good food, and that will help some of you immensely. But I'm telling you right now, it's not the only answer to everybody's problem. Just eat good food. Just go on the keto diet or whatever. No, he said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen? And then let's go to, uh, well, you can write it down, Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Not with us, not being made a curse with us, being made a curse substitute in our place. That the blessing of Abraham, you might want to go back into Genesis and read what the blessing of Abraham is. Go read it in Deuteronomy 28, what the blessing of Abraham is. Go read what the curses was when you disobeyed the law. And then just say, oh, go find your sick. You could pretty much find sickness or a problem that you're having pretty much in all those curses. Okay? And then it says, and all these sicknesses. That the, the, and these curses that are not even written in this book of the law, it covers all of that. So if you don't find your sickness in there, then it says all the other sicknesses that are, we don't even have room to record it, they are covered by it too. Then you go back to Galatians 3.13 and it says, Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curses, the curse of the law, of not being obedient to God's law, being made a curse for us. He did it through his sacrifice. All you have to do now, you don't have to worry about the Ten Commandments. You do need to worry about the Ten Commandments, but only in this respect. You've only got two to memorize and two to keep. And if you keep those two, you have kept all ten. What are the two that you keep right now? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. If you wouldn't do it to yourself, don't do it to somebody else. If you don't want someone screaming and and, and, and rapping on you, stop doing it to other people. Yeah. However you want to be treated, it's the golden rule. However you want to be treated, you treat someone else like that. Whether they made you mad or whether they didn't make you mad. However you want your spouse to treat you, you treat them. Not how they are treating you, how you want them to treat you. You treat them that way because the laws of sowing and reaping, it goes with everything. If you sow love, you're going to get it. If you sow finances, you're going to get not multiplied, not added and subtract, multiplied. multiplied. If you sow love, multiplication of love is coming back into your life. It may not always come back through that person that you're like, I really want you to love me. It's this person. You have to love me. I'm so in love. Stop doing that. Do it before God. Do it before God. He said, you sow love, you're going to reap love. And that's just the end of it. So Stop putting expectations and requirements on people, so even good. when you read the Bible. Just sow. Once you release your money, let it go. It went into God's throne room. Yes. So, good. so good. Once you release love, let it go. Nobody owes you anything back at that point. It says, "Oh, no man anything but to love. Your, your debt is only to love. Amen. And if you're not going to walk in that, you're not going to have any freedom over the devil because he's just got you bound up. It's so good. There's a lot of things that you may not know, but I'm telling you right now, if you will live by the commandment of love, a lot of this stuff will just fall off you. Amen? Amen. God, God will have mercy. Amen. And so let's go to, um, let's go to Mark 16 real quick because, again, we're talking about authority. Mark 16, thank you. And he said to them, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay, that's what he said for us to do first. Well, I'm not a preacher. Well, I'm not like Pastor Daryl, Pastor Lisa. He, this is not a pastor scripture. This is a Christian scripture. Go into all the world, Christians, people, disciples of Christ. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Who are the creatures in your life? Who are the creatures that you come into contact with every day? Who are the ones that God is showing you that, hey, I need to give them a word of encouragement. Hey, I need to speak to them. Hey, I need to give them a Bible verse. That's what he's meaning. You go preach the gospel, the good news to people that are in your life. He who believes, that's me, and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out what? Devils. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to cast out devils from everybody else. You need to start learning how to cast out the devils in your own life first. When you can get them out of your own life, then God will help you get them out of other people's lives. Does that make sense? All right. And, and then it says they will take up serpents. Well, what does that mean? No, you're not going to be handling serpents just to show everybody you've got authority over them. It's just said. It just means that if a serpent bites you and you didn't know it, it will not hurt you. That's something that you have to walk in. Paul did. Bought them, uh, bit him on the island of Malta, and he just shook him off his hand. They, they were poisonous serpents, and he shook them off in the fire. Well, you can shake them off in the fire, too. And But you have to get this scripture in your heart, right, and in your mind. They will take up serpents if, if they drink something deadly. I'll have, I've had to stand on the word on that more than once. If they drink anything deadly... It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Lay hands on your own body. Lay hands on your own body. Lay your hands on your, on your stomach or your eyes or whatever's going on. Lay your hands on your ears. In Jesus' name, I lay hands on the sick. Get off me in Jesus' name. You can pray over yourself. And it means for others too, but that, that one that says, if you drink anything deadly, it by no means hurts you. Well, you're going to laugh at me, but, I mean, this is a real situation. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's something that I did. I had a, um, I had a bottle of blue Listerine. You know how it's blue sometimes in the bottle? And, uh, and it was in just like a, a, a plastic bottle. And then I had a bottle of blue fingernail polish remover. So this liquid was blue. The bottles were were similar, you know, just because I guess I had poured some Listerine and just, I don't know. I don't know what I did. But I got up really tired one morning. I mean, normally I don't put the, the nail polish remover in front of me where I'm looking at the sink. Usually it's off to the side because I don't use it very much, you know. But for some reason it was, it was up there in front of my sink where normally the Listerine is. And I was very tired. I just grabbed the wrong bottle. And the uh, first taste of acetone was horrible, you know. And, I, I, mean, I mean, the minute it hit my lips, I was like, blah. You know, I was just, you know, all over the sink, all over the bathroom. And it, it was awful. I was, I was washing myself with water and, and all that. And I was like, oh, my God, that was stupid. But, um, hey, I said, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Lord, forgive me for being stupid, but nothing shall by any means hurt me. Amen? And so, no, I didn't get any sick from it. I think I ingested a little bit of it. But, you know, you don't really ingest Listerine anyway, so I've kind of known how to switch with it and not really ingest it. But, boy, when that acetone hit me, was not a good thing. But God is good. Amen? So let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, I want you to see this. Again, what are we talking about? We're talking about authority, right? We're talking about authority. You're going to have to use it. Resist means to exert force in opposition of, to actively stand against, to actively stand against. Let's go to Matthew 28. This is a great scripture. Verse 19, uh, no, verse uh, 18, chapter 28 of Matthew, verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Who has all authority? That's what he said. He doesn't just have it in heaven. He has it on earth too. All authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. Well, how do you think he's going to execute that authority on earth? Through you. He doesn't really have the right, right at the moment, to execute it just at will. He's already done his work here. And now we're his body. He's the head. And so if it's going to get executed here on earth, it's going to come through who? You, us, right? It's going to come through you, not through him. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, so now he's sending you as an ambassador. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Make students of the word of God. Make students of Jesus Christ. That's what that means baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, that's what I'm doing right now, teaching them to observe all things, not a few things, that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Lo, I'm with you always. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now go. What is he? He's commissioning his body. Now you go and you make this happen. That's what he's saying. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now you go. You go, therefore, and I'm going to be with you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. No, he's not going to, like, peace out when the tribulation hits. If we're still here during a piece of bad trouble, he's not going to peace out from your life. He says, I'm with you, even to the end of this age. Amen? So let's go to Ephesians 1. Let's go to Ephesians 1. That's where we started this morning. And I I love this, and I'm not going to be able to spend a lot of time on it, but I want you to read Ephesians 1 and 2 every day of your life, at least up to verse 10 in chapter 2. Starting with verse 15, Ephesians 1, write that. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, and then Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, because it all goes together. Amen? So it says... Verse 19, so we're going to talk about, this is the prayer we were praying over ourselves, that we would know this, that we would understand this, that our hearts would be flooded with light. I'll start with verse 19, and that we would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us, what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is displayed towards us and on our behalf who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when God, the Father, raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Where is he? Far above all principality. Where is Jesus sitting right now? He is sitting in authority. We're talking about a seat of authority. He, not, not just a physical location. He is far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Rulers, powers, all mights, all strengths, all dominions. He's over it all. And every name. He is the name that is above every name. He is far above every name that is named. He is far above the name of cancer. He is far above the name of bursitis. He is far above all names that exist in this earth. Amen. And. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So he's got us covered from this age on. Amen. And then it says, and he has put all things under his feet. This is God, the Father, has put all things under Jesus' feet. And he gave him. Now listen, listen to the way I'm going to read this. It says he gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Now, let me read this a different way. He put all things under his feet. What, are, what is feet? It's a part of the body, right? So we are the body of Christ. So even if you are a foot in the body of Christ or the smallest little pinky toe, everything is still under your feet. Amen. It says he has put all things under his feet and gave him to the church. God gave Jesus to the church yes. to be head. God gave Jesus to, to the church to be head over all things. And the church, which is his what? The body. The church. He gave him to the church to be the head to the church over the church, which is his body, which is then says, which fills all in all. His fullness. We are the fullness of him that fills all in all. What does that mean? We are the executors now. Of what Jesus did on the cross, we are to bring into fruition now because we're the body. The head is up in heaven. Jesus is seated at the right hand. We have the Holy Spirit, but he's physically seated at the right hand of God, seated at the right hand of God. But it says he gave, God gave Jesus to the church to be the head over his body, the church, which fills all in all, the fullness of him. So we actually fill Jesus out. Jesus doesn't do anything by himself without the head directing us. And if we don't listen to him, we're not going to get it done. And so read Ephesians 1, right, every day. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And da, 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 they go on about how you once walked. Verse 4, but God, chapter 2, verse 4, but God, but God, ha, ha, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved you, even when you were dead in trespasses, has made you alive together, alive together with Christ. Where's Christ seated? He's in the heavenly places, and he made you alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And what? Verse 6, he has raised us up together, raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places In Christ Jesus, you are sitting in that seat of authority with Christ Jesus. He is what? He is far above all principality and powers and mights and dominions. And every name that's named. Well, where are you? You are far above all principality, powers, mights, and dominions. It says he's raised you up together with him and he made you. What did Psalm 8 say earlier? He made us have dominion. And now it's saying it here in the new covenant. It says he's raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, verse 10. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We share that seat of authority. If you if you don't see anything else, please see the fact that you've been raised up with him. If you know where he's sitting, far above all principality, might, and dominion, then you know where you're sitting. You're sitting and sharing that seat of authority. But you, as the body are, is still on earth, you're the ones to execute that fullness. And you're to do it to get Satan off people and off yourselves so you can get them free so they can go proclaim the gospel. If you, if you are not able to walk in the good works that he's planned for you beforehand, before the beginning of time, it says we're his workmanship created for good works. If you can't walk in those good works, then you got to get the devil off you. That's just the bottom line. And you need to see yourself seated in the heavenlies with Jesus Christ executing that. Amen? All right, so let's go to, I'm just going to read this again to you. What does resist mean? To exert force in opposition of. You are going to be, from as long as you're here in this earth, you're going to be on active duty. Well, what's active duty? people that are in the military 24/7 they're doing something for the military they don't get to get they don't get to go home maybe every once in a while but when they're there serving they're there serving all the time they are actively standing against the enemy whether it's doing this section this section this section whatever section it is you are going to resist actively and then you need to know how you're going to resist the devil amen You are going to say some things. You are going to speak some things. You are going to command some things. You are going to pray some things, and you're going to learn how to pray, and this is not what this Sunday is about. But the truth is, is that here's what you need to write down. You need to pray, speak, and command. You need to pray, speak, and command. Listen to what I'm going to say here in a minute. From your position. Not your condition. You need to pray, speak, and command from your position in the heavenlies. Not from your condition down here. Oh God, heal me. Oh God, help me. Oh Jesus, have mercy. He will have mercy. But those prayers are very limited. They're just limited. And depending on where you are in your growth and what you know and what you've been taught. He's going to require some things of you. But you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know where you're seated, right? And so always remember to pray, speak, and command from your position up here, which is far above principalities, powers, might, and dominion, not your condition. Amen. So the last place we're going to go here is Ephesians 6.13. Ephesians 6.13. Stay in that same book. Just move a couple chapters over, okay? So we're going to start with verse 10, actually. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Finally, my brethren, be strong who in who? In the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, what do we need to do? I'm teaching you today, and I don't have a lot of time to go into depth because Ephesians 6 literally 10 through whatever is a whole sermon, an hour sermon in itself. And I don't have that time, but I'm going to give you some highlights. This is how you actively stand against the devil. This is how you resist. Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, that you may be able to stand against, stand against the wiles. What does that mean? The wiles of the devil. It means the schemings of the devil. He is always scheming. He is always looking to how can I take this person out? If you're no threat to the devil and you're, not, and you're really living half in, half out, whatever, you're, you're, the hand of God is, is kind of limited on what it can do for you. But sometimes you are a target. There's nothing to be afraid of, but if you're in a position like us where if he can take us out, he can take 250, 275 people out. What happened to them? You know, and it just hurts. It, it hurts. It hurts. Confidences in baby Christians. And so if he can get us to trip up, whether it's sin or sickness or whatever, he's going to put a target against us. But that's why we have to stay in here way more maybe than you do. But it would be good for you too, because there's a day coming that you're really going to need it. And you don't need to be learning it when you're in the trial. You need to learn it right now while you're feeling good. And you can actually hear me. You can actually know what you're doing, what you're saying. You're getting prepared. You're in training for battle. The time to pick up all of this is not in the battle even though we all do it sometimes. Amen. And God has mercy. And so, finally, my brethren, put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against our own bodies, okay, or the bodies of other people. But what are we wrestling against? Principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore... Therefore, that is what you need to understand in your head. I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is not just a natural thing. If someone's coming against you or sickness is coming, you, you start right there. I am wrestling against principalities and the powers of darkness. And that's where you start, right there. Yes, he uses people. Yes, things come through different avenues. But the, 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 the root is this, right? And so it says, therefore, you take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Resist. That you may be able to withstand withstand this opposition in the evil day. And then it says, having done all, to stand. So it says, do this so that you can withstand, and then having done all that you know, you keep standing. So in other words, it may not just disappear right away, but you keep standing firm. Sometimes it'll go quicker, sometimes it won't. You know, I'm not here. The truth is, though, but he always causes us to triumph. He said, I always cause you to triumph in Christ Jesus. Thanks be unto God. That's the that's scripture I quote all the time. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And so it says, stand therefore, having done all to stand, having done all to resist, resist. Having girded your waist with what? Truth. That's what we're doing right now. You're girding your waist right now with truth. So because, you know, you don't want to get hit below the belt. So right now, I'm girding your waist, right? And so, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the what? The breastplate of righteousness. You sure don't want an arrow in your heart, right? What is pastor talking about? If you don't know your right standing with God, you're just going to wallow in shame all your life and go, well, maybe I just don't deserve this. You know, I did this wrong. Listen to, to, to Wednesday night's sermon. Righteousness was a gift. The Bible says it all throughout the book of Romans. Righteousness is a gift. Now, once you've been given that gift, you are to walk in the power of righteousness and you are to act rightly because you have been enabled to do it. He would never give you something or not give you something and you can't do it, tell you to do something. I can live righteously that would please God because I've received the gift first of righteousness. I am righteous. In my spirit, I am righteous. And I have all the power, all I need to stand with my spirit, it's a choice I make mentally and go, what side of this is my mind going to, you know, side with? Am I going to let my mind side with my body or am I going to let it side with my spirit? My spirit is righteous, therefore I will live righteously. But the truth is, is to have a righteous conscience, you have to start here where God said, I've given Jesus to you and I've given you the gift of righteousness. And so when you go to prayer, when you go to speak against the devil, there's times I say, no, Satan, what I did yesterday, I've already asked forgiveness for. What I did yesterday, I've already asked forgiveness for. And so I'm redeemed by the blood. Jesus has conf- I've confessed my sins. It says he forgives and cleanses me. So what I did yesterday is between me and God. And the truth is God said he forgot it. So now I choose to forget it and you're not bringing it up or it's not going to bother me. And so I resist you. Yeah, but look what you said to your husband just five minutes ago. Well, Lord, I repent. I repent, and then in a minute I'm going to go talk to him and say I'm sorry. Okay, but that's how he works. You, you don't have the right to do that. Look what you did. Look what you did. That's when you pull up that gift of righteousness Amen. and you say, I am free by the blood of Jesus, and I've asked forgiveness, so now get off me. Amen. That's, that's called, so go, go listen to that sermon. Amen. Wednesday night was very, very good. All right, so here's what I, I want to read this to you. So then it says, stand, therefore, having waist with truth, breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That just means preach the gospel whenever you have opportunity. Verse 16, above all, take the shield of faith. We'll talk about that next week. Take the shield of faith. Which with you will be what? Able to quench every fiery dart. The shield of faith enables you to quench every fiery dart Of the wicked one. So he's given you armor and you're going to have to learn how to use it. And then take the helmet of salvation, right? What is that? You're going to wash your mind in the word of God. You're going to renew your mind to the word. And the sword of the spirit. What is this? This is the word. It cuts, it cuts and slices asunder, right? The things that it needs to slice and cut up in the spirit. Then pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Amen. So you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to pray the word of God. You're going to have to pray in tongues over certain situations. He's given you a full armor to put on. And so I don't have time to go any more into that. But go to Luke 4, verse 35. Go to Luke 4, verse 35. I love this scripture. And um, praise the Lord. Uh, verse 38, my bad, verse 38. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. Now Jesus arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's mother-in-law, his wife's mother, was sick with a high fever. And they made request of him concerning her. Remember that fevers, fever for the most part, is just a symptom of something else going on in your body. You got inflammation, you got sickness, it's fighting. Fever, fever does fight. It's just something, it's high fever, but if it gets too high, it gets dangerous, right? So fever is not really a sickness, but she, it says she was sick with a high fever. Didn't say what was causing it, and this is what I'm trying to get across to you this morning. Even if you have a symptom of something that you know that's probably not the root, you can attack that symptom with the word of God and then say, and the root of it. I curse fever in my body right now and the root of it, whatever's causing it. So here's what Jesus did. They made request of him concerning her, so he stood over her and did what? He resisted it. He rebuked the fever. He actually said something to it. Did you know that symptoms have ears? They have ears. They don't have ears like you and I, but they have ears. They have ears of a sort. And Satan has ears. And if he's the producer of it, he's listening if you'll take your authority. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And what happened? It, it, not he or her, but it's an it. Remember that it's, IT's have ears. IT's have ears. And he rebuked the fever and it left her. And what did she do? Immediately she arose and served them. Immediately, immediately, start believing God for the immediately's in your life. You can't serve God. You can't walk in the good works of God if you're lying in bed sick with a high fever. And he wanted her to get up and serve. And he wants you to get up and serve. And so years ago, when I was in the cabin, I was studying this book when I was really sick. But I was coming out of it, right? I was coming out of this this sickness that I'd had. And... um, I started reading this book about natural things, right? And I and I was studying this book about natural things, and so um, I was reading, reading, and it said, "Oh, you know, fever is really actually a good thing. It actually burns up stuff in your body. It's getting stuff out. It's getting, you know, uh, what, toxins." I was gonna say poisons. <laughs> yeah, I had acetone. No toxins. It gets toxins out of your body. It's a good thing. It just, for the most part, helps work it out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, man, wow. At that time, I didn't have fever. I was just reading. I was just trying to learn about some natural stuff in my body. And within 30 minutes, I had this high, outraging fever of like 103, 102. It was crazy. It's like there's no reason. There was no reason on God's green earth for me to just all of a sudden contract this huge high fever. And so I was like, oh, Wow, this is crazy. So it hurt really bad, and I might have taken a couple of Tylenol, but it didn't do anything for it. And so I was like, what in the, what in the world just happened? What, I was reading this book, and now, so I'm thinking, well, maybe I should just let the fever do its work. Maybe it's just getting rid of some toxins in my body. And God spoke to me. I'm telling you, he thundered inside of me. Maybe it sounded audible, but inside of me. And he yelled at me. He said, I did not walk into Peter's mother-in-law's house and stand over her and say, oh, dear sister, it's just a fever. Let it do its work. It's clean, cleansing toxins out of your body. I didn't do that. Boy, when he said that, I knew. I knew that verse. I knew what he was taught. He said, I rebuked it. He said, I, I don't care whether it was a symptom. I didn't do, oh, let it have its perfect work. No, I rebuked it. It says, the other, the other uh, gospel says he laid his hands on her. This one says he stood over her, but the, the other gospel said he laid his hands on her and he rebuked the fever. He rebuked the fever. He laid his hands on her, and he said, get off her in Jesus' name. I rebuke you, you foul fever. You leave her in Jesus' name. And it had ears and listened, and it left her. I knew what I was supposed to do. I laid my hands, and I said, forgive me, forgive me. I know better than this. I have had such victory in this area. And so I laid my hands on my head. Man, I was hurting. Every pain You know, when you have a high fever, your body hurts. Everything hurts. I laid my hands. I said, you foul devil, you get off me. And whatever's causing it and the root of it, in Jesus' name, 10 seconds. Gone. Done. Cool. Now, I was going to read a story, but I don't have time. But it's okay. You need to go buy this book if you don't have it. God wants you well by Andrew Womack, and you need to go read page 150 through 153, something like that. This is a great book. God wants you well. So every service, I'm going to be touting a book that you need. Amen? God wants you well talks uh, seriously about how to resist actively. Amen? God bless you. Have a good day. We'll see you either second service or Wednesday. Praise God. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the, what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button, or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.